right, 113 days until you become the ultimate jury. 22 days. We'll be making announcements soon. The release of Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Live Free or America Dies. Do I believe that? Every word of it. Do I lay out the case? Every bit of it. Hannity.com. We'll be talking a lot more about it in 22 days. Everything is on the line. Roger Stone has had his sentence commuted by the president. He will join us his first interview coming up today. He'll also be on Hannity tonight. David Schoen as well. Uh, Greg Jarrett, I thought, had an amazing column about all of this. The president talking about all of this. From the very beginning in this case, this has been nothing but a, a, a absolute travesty of injustice. This doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat conservative or liberal this this is about our constitution our civil liberties equal justice equal application of our laws you know it's we saw it with papadopoulos now we found exculpatory information on him we know in detail how general flynn was set up we know that paul manafort's case was dead it was gone it was adjudicated in the sense that they had no reason to prosecute and it was buried. They dug it out of mothballs. And we now know about a Democratic operative and a trip to the Ukrainian embassy in D.C. And the purpose, according to Politico, and that was in January of 2017, is they were aiding and abetting and colluding with Ukraine to undermine Donald Trump. Trust Politico on that one. They actually got something right. The mob and the media. So what do you get with Roger Stone? One count of obstructing a official proceeding. Congress? Oh, I thought that was James Comey and Andrew McCabe, because that's exactly what it was. Five counts of false statements. Well, the statements have to be material and they weren't. That's another injustice. One count of witness tampering and even the witness in the case. Yeah, don't put him to jail for this. That's just Roger being Roger. But what now they wanted, what, seven to nine years in jail? That would have been a death sentence for somebody Roger's age who also has lung issues, apparently, that I didn't know about. Um, we'll ask him about it later. Um, and then they wanted him 40 months in jail. I didn't see any pre-dawn raid at Comey's house or McCabe's house. What about Struck and Page? When is there going to be equal justice applied to them? Same process crimes we're talking about, many of the same instances. You know, we have the IG report. And, you know, they referred on a lot of issues that nobody followed up on. We'll see what John Durham eventually does. So, you know, I look at this and I'm like, this, this can't happen. This is th th what has happened here. You know, you, you care about Russian interference, but you don't care about Hillary's dirty, bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier. You know, they want to talk about Julian Assange and, and extradite him to the country. Forget about Assange. Whether you like WikiLeaks or not, it's a media group. You know, we do have a, a precedence in this country known as the New York Times v. Sullivan. I'm pretty sure that that would be applicable. But what about Christopher Steele and bringing him back now that he erased his emails, apparently? Um, let's bring him. Let's extradite him to the U.S. Let's see if we can go down that, that road. But all of this abuse of power, why do you think they put Paul Manafort in, in solitary confinement in the hopes that he would sing and... What do they, they dangle out in front of Paul Manafort? Well, if you just tell us this, you get your freedom. 
you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Just tell us what we want to hear. Roger Stone has already in interviews told us that. Happened to him. Well, if you're offering something of great value, you know, think of the case of Sammy the Bull Gravano. I don't know, was it 19 murders? I think he was accused of and admitted to a number of them. He gets in the witness protection program, doesn't have to go to jail because he says what they wanted to hear about John Gotti. Now, I don't live, I don't, you know, that's not a world that I give a rip about. You know, I leave it to others that care about the underworld and love to watch all the documentaries. I just don't care. That's my own personal opinion. But the principle that they offer something of great value, if you say what they want you to say, is not justice. Because now you're incentivizing people to say things that might not be true. And then those people have a decision to make. Anyway, um, it, it really is, on every level, the greatest injustice. But Sammy the, the Bull Gravano, you know, he agreed to testify against John Gotti. And they've been involved in, by the way, a deal in which he confessed to the involvement in 19 murders. That was very quick, Linda. Thank you. Good find. Good catch. Um, so we'll talk to about Roger Stone's case. Remember, 29 guys, tactical gear, and Humvee, up-armored Humvee vehicles, and literally pre-dawn raid, same with Manafort, guns in your face, guns in Manafort's wife's face, in the Stone case, frogmen, for a process for lying to Congress that wasn't even material. Then they took away his rights to free speech. He had a gag order put on him. Then, of course, he wasn't allowed to put on a defense. And then on top of all of this, you got a jury foreperson who hated his guts. And it said so publicly on the day he's convicted, tweets out. That's the jury foreperson. We have a right to a fair and impartial jury, a jury of our peers. You listen to Roger Stone. He said, basically, it's a who's who of, you know, Obama and Hillary supporters on his jury. But if you can't put on a defense and then you can't speak out on your own behalf and you're denied your freedom of speech and they pull this intimidation crap like which is 101 Andrew Weissman, Mueller's pit bull. I mean, it's it's beyond scary because if it can happen to conservatives, guess what? It's going to happen to liberals, too, at some point. We'll see. Biden, by the way, dumped Andrew Weissman from a fundraising event. Oh, that's interesting. Lindsey Graham has now agreed to have Robert Mueller testify about this hoax, by the way. He said Sunday he's going to grant Democrats request to have the former special counsel Robert Mueller testify. He said apparently Mueller's willing, capable of defending the Mueller investigation through an op-ed in the Washington Post. Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee have previously requested Mr. Mueller appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee to testify about his investigation, that request will be granted. Great. Since we already know, beyond any reasonable doubt, that the Mueller investigation now is a complete fraud. And he needs to now defend it. And frankly, I could see charges being brought up against him. What did he know? When did he know it on the exculpatory information involved in this case? How does he explain destroying critical evidence that had been requested by the inspector general, 19,000 text messages of struck and page that he had erased from their iPhones. Why did they ultimately indict Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, Papadopoulos, etc., for lying to Congress? Okay, but not Clapper, Brennan, McCabe. They've all been caught lying under oath. They were key players in the Russiagate uh, hoax. Why didn't they indict? Why didn't he indict them? And then when you found the anti-Trump messages of Struck and Page, 
and how rancid they were that totally discredited your investigation. Why did you conceal it uh, from both Congress and the general public? And why did you send their phones back to the, I guess, the manufacturer to get wiped clean, just like Hillary? And after the FBI learned that the dossier was fraudulent, why did you allow the FISA court to continue to authorize spying warrants? There's a lot of questions I want him to ask, answer. I think that'll be get, get very interesting. Um, this is, you know, for anybody on television or radio that's saying, oh, this is this is terrible. Ask yourself this question. If you find out the jury foreperson had previously spoken out against your political views and hates your political views, do you think that that person could have a bias? And would you want that person on a jury if which you were the defendant? Or a family member was the defendant. I tend to doubt it. There's your litmus test right there. Um, pretty unbelievable. We got a lot about sad statistics over the weekend. We're going to get to in a little bit here. I'll tell you why I think the entire texture, and there's going to be an ebb and flow to this. So I'm, I warned you before I went away on vacation last year, I said, buckle up. It's going to get, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster year. All right, now I'm going to warn you again. With 113 days to go, buckle up. Because it is going to be a roller coaster political ride, the likes of which you've never seen before. The Democrats are desperate. The mob and the media is desperate. You've got this, you've got basically madness has broken out on, on cable television. I mean, I, I just occasionally check in and it's like, wow. How could people be, they are this, it is the greatest contribution to any campaign ever in history. But I'll tell you what happened in the last week now. Now, if you didn't believe Live Free or America Dies, which we'll release in 22 days, and the link is on Hannity.com. If you didn't believe it, now you better believe it. Because Joe Biden now, as we played all last week, now said, yeah, the police have become the enemy of the people. Now he's part of the defund and reallocate funds uh, uh, brigade. That doesn't sound like you're going to be safe. His track record is atrocious. His own language on racial issues, everything that he's, you know, he's said in the past, it's just evaporated in the minds of the mob and the minds of Democrats. They don't care. They don't care he supported, you know, former Klansman Robert KKK Byrd. They don't care about his racial jungle comments. They don't care about what he said about Obama or, you know, having a slight Indian accent. They don't care about what he said about predators. They don't care what he said about any of these issues. They don't care that he plagiarized Neil Kinnock and that he plagiarized uh, Robert Kennedy. Well, now he's plagiarized Bernie Sanders, lifting the exact agenda of Bernie Sanders. So you have a guy that is now buying into anarchy, buying into chaos, the elimination of law and order, defunding the police. And he is now taking the most radical, extreme socialist views of Bolshevik Bernie as his own and even plagiarized the language. And now he's also being advised by the new Green Deal leader herself, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. That's what's at stake. I can break it down into more detail, but that is what is at stake right now in Joe Biden's America. Pelosi's America, Schumer's America. It's sort of like defund or defend. 
Now, I would think most Americans are aghast at the idea of a broad sweeping generalization about police being the enemy. I think most Americans understand that they don't want their towns to become like New York and Chicago and Seattle and and places in California. I think most Americans want safety and security. You can't pursue happiness if you don't feel safe and secure in your own home, can you? That's all on the ballot now. And we, we haven't even begun to talk about, you know, the policies of the Green New Deal. This is just the starting point. And people wonder why I feel urgent about this, because we can lose. Remember, no, anyone that's telling you what the result is going to be in 113 days, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because we don't know. The people will decide. That's all I can tell you definitively. And I don't think Donald Trump polls the way they do, although polls now are shifting pretty dramatically now in his direction. All right, 113 days. Uh, So do you think that when Biden now has, and this is new, by the way, Democrats have always tried to hide their statism, their liberalism, their radical uh, agendas. You know, the closest we got to it was, you know, Obama. But remember, Clinton and Obama were against, for example, reparations. They that not that long ago. You know, a lot of issues have changed in, in just recent memory and history. You know, Joe Biden his entire life. But now they are embracing what is the most radical agenda ever of any presidential candidate in history. That's what the new Green Deal is all about. That's what, you know, banning in 10 years, eliminating you know, the, the lifeblood of the world economy and banning fracking and this newfound energy independence, say goodbye to it. You know, why do why do liberals want to subordinate every bit of sovereign authority we have to international bodies like the corrupt WHO or the U.N.? But remember, they want to abolish the Electoral College. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They want activist ju- justices. They're defunding the police. Uh, And at the same time, they're the very same people that don't want you to have Second Amendment rights either. You know, Bezo Bozo, uh, Beto Bozo O'Rourke, for example, they suppress First Amendment speech, religious freedoms. This is the party that, you know, drops 150 billion on the tarmac of radical mullahs hoping that they will like us again. You know, now we have Democrats openly supporting infanticide. Well, we'll let the baby be born and then we'll. Make it comfortable, then we'll let the mother decide. You know, everything is going to be government-run health care. Everything is going to be, you know, confiscation of wealth, impose a wealth tax, increase the death tax, raise, you know, 70% top marginal rates, abolish all debt and and tuition, universal basic income. That's a right uh, of every American. Uh, Mass amnesty, the United Sanctuary States of America, abolish ICE. Make it easier for immigrants with criminal records to enter the country. Expand welfare benefits. I mean, you just go through it. It is the single most insane agenda you've ever heard of. What have I been saying? If they enact this agenda, America's un, as we know, it's unrecognizable. Because with each promise of government whatever, a security which they can never fulfill, you will be giving up your liberty, your freedom. And America's, you know, the great success story that is this country that is through liberty and freedom, albeit imperfect, rights, wrongs, corrects, injustices, 
But with all that power, we have used our creativity and genius, American exceptionalism, to advance the human condition worldwide. That will die with it. Live free or die out in 22 days. 25 now till the top of the hour, 113 days till Election Day. Uh, we have some announcements soon about live free or die. Um, some fun events we're putting together. We'll let you know as uh, as soon as we're able to. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you what is now a major issue in the in the campaign, and it really came into focus last week. It is now a choice between defunding or defending and protecting Americans, law and order. It's that sim- It's that basic and fundamental. Now, it happens, according to the Pew poll, 75% of the American people, thank goodness, not sure why it's not 99%, but it's 75%, oppose cutting uh, spending on the police. 25% favor decreasing spending on the police. Now, what it comes down to is, you know, They've become the enemy of the people. Think about, let's go back to last week. Let's play Joe Biden in his own words. Uh, You're taking him out of context. No, we're not. Listen for yourself. Uh, Surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way, and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. That would be criminal justice reform. You're the one that supported putting predators behind bars, and you were the one that was against segregate, you know, that was out there. And we now know your positions on integration and, and segregation and your defense of the most vile racist over time. Well, who's going to fill the void when you defund the police? Who are you? I keep asking, who are you going to call? You know, the chant to fund, to fund, to fund. You know, what what is going to happen to, you know, uh, grandmas and grandpas, moms and dads? They're not crazy like me training an hour and a half a day in mixed martial arts. Uh, I've been, what, a, a pistol marksman since I'm, you know, 11 years old most a lot of people don't even want a gun but you know you have the right to get it but these same people wouldn't even allow you to defend yourself i mean there is a run on the purchase of firearms the likes of which you know we have not seen in a long time and by the way i'm going to give you my recommendation for those of you that are considering maybe for the first time getting a weapon here's my strong advice it's not a toy Safety first. And by safety, you know, when people ask me, and Linda, how many times people, oh, what do you think of, you know, I'm going to get this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay. says, sounds great. What gun do you want to get used? What gun will you want to get trained in the use and safety of? The one thing I can tell you about everybody, the, the people that I know that love the Second Amendment, firearms, hunters, people that, that just for sport, for self-defense, all these reasons. They're they're the nicest group of people that will take the time to show you everything you need to know so you can safely handle a weapon. And I go back to when my mom, the prison guard, she had a loaded revolver next, you know, on her nightstand, and they didn't want this dopey 10-year-old kid one day seeing it there 
They didn't have safes like we have today. I have my Liberty Safe fingerprint safe. If you have a handgun, I could do it in the dark at night, literally pull my my pistol out in the dark and, you know, tap racket and it's four over three. I'm ready to go. If I have to protect myself, God forbid. Most people don't know that. But, you know, but my first lesson was I go to a gun range. It was below a gun shop. It was just off uh, Hempstead Turnpike in Franklin Square. I'm sure it's long gone. And anyway, they had a range down in the basement. The guy happened to work with my mom in the prison. And so I go in for my first lesson. I'm excited. I, I wanted to shoot. I wanted to fire the gun. So I sit down. The gun's pointed down range. And we spent a lot of time going over every bit of safety, security, the handling of a firearm. And he goes, all right, do you have it? All right, let's go over those points. You tell me now. And I told him everything. He goes, okay, when you come back next week, if you remember all of it, I'll let you, I'll let you fire downrange. And I was like so disappointed, but it was a great lesson. So if you want, my advice is to get somebody that is either a gun enthusiast, knowledgeable in, in training and safety, and, and get there's no shame. And I don't know why some people, you know, if, if you want to play a sport, you, you know, people that play the sport can help you learn the sport. The people that I know that are responsible gun owners, the vast 99% of us, will take the time to teach you gun safety and security. We now have the technology where you don't, like in the old days with my parents, I mean, they're hiding the revolver on top of the, you know, chest of drawers so I wouldn't find it. Um, or, you know, then finally they, they wanted to make sure that I was familiar with it, that if I ever saw it and they out of their sight that I wouldn't do something stupid with it. But they did a pretty good job mostly hiding it. But they taught me gun safety. And, you know, and then I went out with my cousin who was big into long rifles. I learned to shoot them a little bit. But... Anyway, so my advice to you is go out, take some lessons. I know a lot of gun ranges, they will teach you all about safety, training. Look at, look at for example, if you have young kids in your house, all right, how do you safely store a firearm? You know, it's, it's very simple. The technology today, you have finger, fingerprint gun safes of every size and model available. That's why I love Liberty Safe so much. They're great guys. You know, so get, that's my advice. Linda, you hate firearms. You've told me many times you don't like them. Well, you know, it's it's funny because over the past, you know, mm -hmm. couple of years, I've been getting more and more into learning about firearms and safety. And what did I Jonathan Gillum and I say we would do? And what what did we say? You would train me. Yes, of course. But what I did was yeah. I took it upon myself and I worked with one of our sponsors, which is USCCA. Mm -hmm. And I went out to the headquarters and I spent... A day and a half there taking fire firearm safety training and i, I tell you i you would recommend to. anybody to do that uscca is all across the country you could go to any one of their establishments and you can take one of their courses they have you know week-long courses weekend courses you know and they teach you how to practice safety first because it really is the most important thing yeah i know like people say well i want to get a shotgun i'm like okay but you, you better know what it feels like if you fire the thing well that's the whole thing you know, and you also need to know how to aim. You need to understand what you're doing when you're holding that gun. Yeah. Because a and lot of things can happen that yeah. can go wrong if you do not understand how to use that gun properly. And you never, ever, even if you know the gun's not loaded, even if you cleared the gun, even though you emptied the chamber, uh, 
you still never pointed at anybody under any circumstances, ever. Correct. Correct. It's that simple. But, you know, so that's my advice to people. And I'm, I'm, I'm not telling people what to do or not do, but I, I'm people are asking me. So I'm giving you my advice. What I tell my friends. I had one friend of mine, you know him, uh, down in Atlanta, that mm -hmm. called me and said, you know, I've known you now for 30 years, and I know you've carried most of your adult life, and for the first time in my life, I'm actually thinking about, you know, bringing a firearm into the house. I've always been afraid of them, was the statement that was given to me. I said, mm -hmm. okay, well, you're afraid of something that you don't know. Why don't you get to know it? You know, I have friends down in Atlanta that I know that would be glad to train you. And when you finally feel secure, then you could, you know, maybe a lot of gun stores, for example, have guns that you can try out before you actually buy it. And uh, so, you know, that's my recommendation. And by, and the, the NRA does it. USCCA does it. A lot of these ranges do it. And I'll tell you another thing, even if like. You, maybe you're still a novice and you go down any gun range and you see somebody that really knows what they're doing. You just walk over and say, can I ask you a question? You know, can you show me how maybe you do that? They love It's like the greatest thing in the world to share some knowledge that they have accumulated over many years. For many gun owners, it's a passion. Um, you know, Schumer doubling down on defunding rather than defending the American people. It's all a bad idea. It's not going to end well. In Brooklyn, we had a one-year-old little boy shot to death in a Brooklyn playground. You hear about this kid? Shot to death overnight, playground, Brooklyn, New York. The boy was identified one-year-old, Devell Gardner Jr. Comrade de Blasio held a moment of silence during his press briefing, said he was heartbroken. It's heartbreaking, I'll tell you that. The L.A. Teachers Union wants schools to stay closed and police defunded. Okay, got it. Do you think you're going to be safe in Joe Biden and AOC's America? Do you think that these policies are good for the country? You know, now we have a Zogby poll that shows that Donald Trump is uh, is closing the gap. Um, a six point drop since late May. And I think now once this begins to sink in, you know, I think people are going to begin to realize that this election matters. You know, a Biden advisor saying AOC is saying looters need to shoplift some bread or go hungry. Those are who the looters are. And I'm reading this and I'm like, do you really believe that? So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's okay, think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, you're, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, maybe it's the fact that unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that people have, some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. Okay, is that what you think it is? They haven't gotten their stimulus. That's why. New York PD uh, brass were arresting too many prisoners on early COVID release. Then, of course, they have no bail in New York. Then you hear what AOC is, is saying. Nearly two dozen shot in New York, including this one-year-old little boy that was shot to death outside of this playground. NYPD placed in a, a, a cop was put in a headlock in New York. I thought, I thought we were outlawing chokeholds. 
although there is a difference and a distinction, but I won't go into it, while trying to break up a Bronx crowd. We have a video of that we'll show you on TV tonight. Black Lives Matter mural by Trump Tower. That has now become the scene of heated clashes. Instead of, I guess, keeping the, the city safe and secure, this mayor is all about defunding the police and, you know, painting the pavement. Can we paint the pavement after everybody's safe and secure? You know, 64 shot, 13 dead in Chicago this past weekend. Uh, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Uh, we've got, they're not concerned about the general public, according to the N.A. and L.A. police unions. Cops have had it. They're resigning in mass. They're trying to stop cops that are due retirement from retiring in New York City because they don't have anybody to replace them. You have the daughter of a slain Texas police officer online writing Blue Lives Matter in tribute to her fallen father. We told you about that case. You know, safe for democracy. Democrats bring up the defund movement to Capitol Police and Democrats from Seattle, New York, Chicago, Minneapolis, you know, they're all they're all into this defund effort has now become the biggest point of contention, I guess, in the in this race for the presidency. More than 150 Minneapolis police officers have filed disability claims with about three quarters citing PTSD as the reason for their planned departure. They feel like they can't do their job. Feds deny a Minnesota request after the George Floyd unrest. Anyway, the, the governor has 30 days to appeal after the federal government denied his request for disaster declaration. Why didn't, you know, it's at some point, when did they get responsibility? Remember, the, the city council members, they're using private security. In their own case, police, you know, by the way, they went after that couple that was protecting their homes after the gate was broken into and they had guns in the front of their house. Yeah, they, they take that gun and now they're talking about prosecuting the family on their own property even though they're being threatened on tape. Two Texas police officers fatally shot, responding to domestic disturbance in McAllen, Texas. I mean, does it sound like it's getting out of control to you? Because it sounds like, to me, Comrade de Blasio unveiling the violence prevention plan. Well, we already know what it is. $1 billion in cuts to the NYPD. Well, does it matter this cop was put in a headlock? This mayor allowed people to be doused, cops to be doused with water. Their cars attacked. I mean, it's it's just getting bad. A lot at stake in 113 days, isn't it? It's getting awfully serious and real now, at least to me. We're going to talk to Roger Stone and David Schoen coming up next. Roger Stone was treated horribly. Roger Stone was treated very unfairly. Roger Stone was brought into this witch hunt, this whole political witch hunt and the Mueller uh, scam. It's a scam because it's been proven false. And he was treated very unfairly, just like General Flynn is treated unfairly, just like Papadopoulos was treated unfairly. They've all been treated unfairly. And what I did, what I did, I will tell you this. People are extremely happy because in this country they want justice. And Roger Stone was not treated properly. So I'm very happy with what I did. He, I commuted a sentence. And by commuting, he now has the right to go and, hey, look. He had a forewoman, quiet, quiet, quiet. He had a forewoman, he had a forewoman who was horrendous. She should have never been on the jury. 
The judge should have so ruled. The judge didn't do that. Take a look at the record. The judge didn't do that. Take a look at the forewoman. He should have had another trial. Roger Stone was treated very badly. All right, that was the president uh, late Friday commuting the sentence of uh, Roger Stone, something we have believed should happen at a minimum. Now, if you believe in equal justice, equal application, you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the rule of law, if you believe that you have a right to a trial uh, by jury and you're supposed to have a fair and impartial jury, there's no way that Roger Stone did not, at the very least, deserve uh, a new trial. When the jury foreperson, it was discovered, had openly, publicly, before being selected to be on the jury of Roger Stone, spoken out against him by name, against any Trump supporters, and ultimately... You know, you, that by its very definition should have overturned that verdict immediately, but it didn't happen. And it, it's getting a little bit scary that you can have a jury for person that prejudice, how that didn't come out in jury questionnaire. I don't know, but it is fundamentally it is it goes to the heart and the soul of our system of justice in this country, because either you believe in it for everybody. Maybe you don't like Roger Stone's politics. I don't care. But if it's a Democrat, my position is the same, that if you find out the jury for person uh, withheld information about a bias towards the person that's supposed to have a fair and impartial jury, then that uh, that is an automatic that you throw that verdict out automatically. Never mind the fact that you have in the case of Roger Stone. Uh, remember, 29 guys, tactical gear, frogmen, you know, pre-dawn raid, CNN cameras just happen to be there now. Usually the way it works, unless you're trying to intimidate people, is that you, you call the lawyer, if it's a process crime, report by 8, 8 a.m. in the morning, this courthouse, this location, and you surrender. And Roger Stone would have done that. Guys in tactical gear, why? Roger didn't even have a registered gun in, in the state of Florida where he lived. Anyway, Roger Stone joins us now. It's his first interview, uh, along with civil rights attorney and counsel for Roger Stone, David Schoen, friend of the program now for a long time. Um, Roger, on the one hand, I'm very happy for you. On the other hand, I'm angry. I'm angry. Number one, your right to free speech was taken away throughout the entire process because you were told by this judge, if you spoke out in your defense, you are going to be put behind bars. So there's another injustice in your case. We don't treat people for process crimes the way you were treated either. Another injustice. Um, I can't imagine what this has done to your family finances and uh, what, what the stress level has probably been the last number of years of your life, but I can imagine it hasn't been fun. Well, Sean, first of all, thank you for the opportunity, uh, to be with you today because, uh, Robert Mueller, uh, Rod Rosenstein, uh, uh, Andrew Weissman, Adam Schiff, all the swamp creatures are out there today trying to recycle the same false BS Russian collusion narrative. Roger Stone was a Russian intelligence asset. No, I wasn't. Uh, and this is, and if, if I was, they would have charged me with that because, as you know, they had uh, they defrauded several federal judges and magistrates to get a search warrant. They went through every square inch of my life, uh, all electronic devices, telephone, email, uh, uh, phone calls. They found no evidence of any serious crime. They manufactured these process crimes. Uh, and now they want to go back to Russian collusion. So the first thing I have to say is, by the way, your, your charges good. were one count of obstruction, 
Five counts of false statements, process crimes, one count of witness tampering. That's what the charges are. You don't need 29 guys in tactical gear, frogmen and CNN cameras and a pre-dawn raid, Roger, for that. To say the least. And first of all, as for the false statement charges, none of the things that I made misstatements about were material. I was hiding no underlying crimes. Uh, and therefore, I had no motive or intent to lie. There wasn't would, would no point in it. Secondarily, the witness tampering charge is actually ironic. The witness in question is the one who threatened to, to shoot, pardon me, to put a hole in the head of other exculpatory witnesses that had appeared before the grand jury if they contradicted his testimony. He's the one who should have been charged with witness tampering. Uh, and then they wrap it all up in, a, in an obstruction charge. But, you know, Sean, the most important thing I have to say is this. God is good because I was not afraid. And I was not worried. Uh, in January, I was reborn uh, I, on the advice, uh, strong advice of Reverend uh, Franklin Graham. I reaffirmed my commitment to Jesus Christ. And I must tell you, it made the last months of this battle so much easier. It gave me strength. It gave me solace. And I knew at the end that the Lord would guide the president to do the right thing, because Donald Trump, like me, is guided by God. Uh, and therefore, uh, I want to appreciate. I want to state my appreciation to you because from the beginning, this is the advice you gave me. Put this in the hands of the Lord. You told me in an email, I and did. I did exactly that, and it came out exactly as you said it would. You know, there's so much to get to here. Um, one of the when we forget about the raid for a second here, there were there was a defense. You have a right to also put on a defense. You have a right. You have a First Amendment right to speak out. In the process, you were never allowed to put on a defense that you wanted to put on. And right then and there, if you can't put on the defense that you believe would show exculpatory information or or force the prosecutors to prove the point of, as you said, the underlying crime or the intent that would be necessary to meet the statute qualifications of the charges they put against you, they would not allow you to do that. You were not allowed to even tweet out, you know, I am innocent for crying out loud. No, you're absolutely right. The, uh, the, the gag order was an absurdity. The judge argued that I should be gagged and not be able to speak about my case or in my own defense on social media or any public place because it might taint the jury. Yet the Washington Post, the dominant newspaper uh, in the jurisdiction from which the jury would be selected, was raining falsehoods on me every day. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, uh, you know, the rest of the fake news media were, were sliming me with defamatory and false attacks every day. The judge wouldn't take into consideration that impact on the potential jury pool. By the way, she provided no evidence to support her contention that, that my social media postings would, would take the jury pool. And when you look at Google Trends, the only spike in people looking my name up on Google was when the judge attacked me. That's when it would spike. So uh, I would argue she was the one uh, tainting the jury pool. Uh, but it became necessary to silence me, Sean, because I kept saying things like, Hey, the FBI never uh, inspected the servers at the DNC, and therefore the underlying premise of my indictment is false. Judge Jackson would not let us prove that. I could have proved with forensic evidence and expert testimony that there was no online hack at the DNC. Uh, but the, I was prevented to, to put forward that defense. By the way, we never uh, got to the bottom of that, did we? Still, we still have it, although... 
when the government finally admitted in my trial in discovery that the FBI had never inspected the servers and that began to get press coverage, that's when Judge Jackson tightened the gag order on me. Yet in the hearing, the hearing where I was accused of lying, Adam Schiff said three times, you're wrong. The FBI did inspect the servers. So he lied in the hearing. But there is there is no consequences for him because he's a serial liar. But there are special rules for the elites. They're allowed to lie to us you know, without limitation and they pay no consequences. Let me bring in your lawyer, David Schoen, who believed in you from the beginning that I know um, and was passionately defending you both on radio and TV uh, on many days and nights. Uh, when you look at, you know, the fact that how, how is it possible that you don't get to put up a defense and and then during discovery we find out what what roger just mentioned how is it possible a gag order can be put on anybody they have a right to defend their good name if they want to how do you get a jury for person you know that tweeted her hatred of president trump and his associates and tweeted out you know with glee on the day roger was convicted and we find out she's a former democratic candidate who sought election to the u.s house from tennessee and you know had an her openness for her hatred of of all things Donald Trump, and then they wanted him in jail for seven to nine years for process crimes. It makes no sense. Yeah, your your questions answer themselves, and none of that stuff was lawful or should have been considered lawful by anyone. You know what I say here is, I mean, this judge exhibited her political bias from the start, and all of these pundits who are saying what a terrible thing this was to you know not let the justice system run its course. There was no justice system operating in this case. It was a complete injustice. What I say is, you know, our our right to vote is one of the most uh, important in the Constitution, but we're supposed to exercise it in the voting booth. This Judge Jackson decided to exercise her voting, her right to vote during the trial. She had a virulent hatred of Donald Trump and everything associated with him and acted accordingly. She just lost her way. It's very important for any of these people criticizing what's happened here, uh, the commutation, to understand the point you made. It's not only that Roger Stone was gagged, as were all of his friends and lawyers, from in any way challenging Mueller or his team, but the judge literally granted a government motion to prohibit Roger Stone's defense from pursuing a defense theory that in any way challenged the integrity of the investigation or the Mueller's team's agenda. There's a Supreme Court case right on it, Kyles versus Whitley, and there are other cases. The integrity of the investigation is always an issue. But why wouldn't the Mueller team allow that to be explored or investigated or attacked in any way in the defense, just as her gag order didn't? It's outrageous. And I'm going to suggest to you one of the reasons is this, which really hasn't come to light much. This, the judge said in this case that the case really wasn't in the end about Russia interference. doesn't matter. No Russia collusion was proved. Uh, Roger Stone wanted to get access to Hillary Clinton's emails uh, to use for opposition research. Never mind that we now know the DNC and Hillary Clinton paid for opposition research, false information against Donald Trump. Put that aside for a second. But she said that's what it was about, Hillary Clinton's emails. Robert Mueller's law firm represents Hillary Clinton. Jeannie Ree, a lead prosecutor. In the By the way, I, I've got to interject. Mueller yep. didn't even know Jeannie Ray had worked for Clinton, he said, when, un, when he went and testified. He also said That's he didn't he know said. what Fusion GPS is, but stay right there. We're going to continue. Roger Stone, David uh, 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 Schoen is with us as civil rights attorney, his counsel. Uh, he'll Both will join us on Hannity tonight. Um, this commutation is very important. We'll get their reaction to Robert Mueller's op-ed, which is ridiculous on a million levels. 
And as we continue, Roger Stone is with us. He had his sentence commuted by the president on Friday. His attorney, his counsel, David Schoen, also civil liberties attorney. Uh, Let me get back to the point that you were making, David, on the legal side of this, because on from the start to finish, Roger's civil liberties, constitutional rights were violated up until Friday. That's that's 100 percent right in every regard. Um, The point I was making at the end was the here. That is Mueller's firm's representation of Hillary Clinton. Jeannie Ree, the lead prosecutor, got the indictment. Representation of Hillary Clinton imputed to both of them. Their interest, they had an ethical obligation to pursue Hillary Clinton's interests. And it was her emails at issue here. And she was the one also under investigation for her email scandal. This never should have happened. And certainly not an investigation that somehow involves or they want to involve the president of the United States. That has to be above board. And that's why I say Robert Mueller's investigation investigation appointment was illegitimate from the start. When he picked Andrew Weissman to be his right-hand person uh, in this case, he sent a message. He knew Weissman's work. He knew that Weissman was known as the most ethically bankrupt prosecutor around for years and years. He knows, knew that Weissman had been cited by a federal judge for his ethical transgressions and withholding evidence in the past. You don't appoint someone or let him anywhere near your investigation when it's investigating the president of the United States. Add to that a team filled with partisan Democratic Party donors, Hillary Clinton supporters. It didn't make any sense. It was illegitimate from the start, and he proved it. But then to have a defense that you can't challenge uh, the, the prosecution's investigation at all, the whole dig, uh, uh, deck was rigged, and every Democrat ought to be outraged by it. Every civil libertarian ought to speak out against this. It doesn't matter if they don't like Roger Stone or President Trump. This could be one of their candidates, in, uh, uh, one of their uh, adherents in the future. That's what you talk about, Sean, when you say the integrity of the criminal justice system is so important, and well, you'd be making me, these— yeah. And that's been the heart of all our reporting, which has now been validated, and, and we've been vindicated a thousand ways and sideways, and the mob and the media, the 99.9% were wrong the whole time on every, all of this, with no love of, of the law, equal application, equal justice under the law, uh, constitutional rights, civil liberties. They don't care. If you're a Trump supporter, all bets are off. Quick break. More with Roger Stone, David Schoen. Roger will be on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Quick break, a lot more ground to get to, including their reaction to Mueller's op-ed as we continue. I ask you about uh, what Robert Mueller said. He broke his silence yesterday to defend his Russia investigation after the president commuted the prison sentence of his former associate, uh, Roger Stone. Uh, he said, Mueller said that Stone remains a convicted felon, and rightly so. You called the president's commutation an act of staggering corruption. Is it an impeachable offense? It's staggering corruption, but I think it's important for people also to know that it's a threat to our national security. I think anyone who cares about the rule of law in this country is nauseated uh, by the fact that the president uh, has commuted the sentence of someone who willfully lied to Congress, covered up for the president, uh, intimidated witnesses, obstructed the investigation. Uh, It shouldn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Uh, This should be offensive to you if you care about the rule of law and you care about justice. Uh, Let's remember, George, that Roger Stone was the intermediary. He was the link between Donald Trump and the Trump campaign and Russian intelligence, the same Russian intelligence unit that hacked 
uh, Donald Trump's opponent's emails. He was the link with their cutout WikiLeaks as well, through which they published these. 25 now till the top of the hour. Adam, you know, the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar. He was the one actually on the phone recorded colluding with a Russian. Uh, well, you have compromising material, Donald Trump. Uh, what is the nature? It's uh, naked pics, the naked Trump. Did Vladimir see the naked pictures and everything? Yeah, but, but of course, that was him. Now, we continue with Roger Stone. He had his sentence commuted by the president on Friday. David Schoen, civil liberties attorney, counsel for Roger Stone. Let's get into the substance of, of that, and then I'll get into the whole issue of Mueller's reaction, uh, Roger, because uh, I don't remember and recall anything in the Mueller report that claimed that any of your comments to anyone else uh, as factual evidence or real communication between you and and not even Julian Assange, from what I could tell, uh, I guess there were no actual communications uh, or else it would have been in there. Uh, was there ever any contact on your on your part with any Russians or or Julian Assange? And, and not that it would be relevant either, because you kind of work in the press as well. I, I was surprised you didn't bring that part up more often. Here are the facts. I had a, uh, a an exchange on Twitter direct messages with the persona of Guccifer 2.0. I personally released that every bit of it publicly. It is entirely benign. There's no evidence of coordination or collusion or cooperation. It's it's meaningless pattern. Now, this exchange took place long after WikiLeaks had already published all of their material regarding Hillary Clinton and the DNC in late October. Therefore, chronologically, collusion would have been actually impossible. Uh, the content is, therefore, as the president would say, perfect. There was no public claim out there that Gooseford 2.0 was a Russian asset. That is an assertion of John Brennan, which is still unproven. Uh, but there was no illegal or inappropriate conduct. There was never any evidence produ- produced for my trial that I possessed, knew about, or, or, or had uh, knowledge of the source or content of any of the WikiLeaks disclosures in advance. And as far as contacts between Guccifer and myself, I turned them over to the House Intelligence Committee at the time I testified. I had a limited exchange with the WikiLeaks flack, also on Twitter direct messages, where they blew me off. No evidence, once again, of any collusion. And I turned that also over to the House Intelligence Committee. So once again, they're recycling the same false BS uh, 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 narrative about Russian collusion. All right, so let's they go to the op-ed of Robert Mueller. All right, he was prosecuted, convicted uh, because you committed federal crimes. He remains a convicted felon. Uh, this guy didn't even know who Jeannie Ray was, Clinton's former attorney that worked in as special counsel. This guy didn't even know what Fusion GPS is. This guy is about as checked out as anybody that I've ever heard, but for maybe Joe Biden. So he says you're a central figure that you communicated in 2016 with individuals known to us to be Russian intelligence officers claiming advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks release of emails stolen by those Russian intelligence officers. They identified numerous links between the Russian government and and Trump campaign personnel stone among them. But you weren't a part of the Trump campaign officially that I know of. So you tell me, did any of that happen, Roger Stone? No, none of it. I just explained every bit of it. So they're taking completely innocuous and innocent contacts, which were fully reported, 
and they're turning them into something they are not. Here's a simple question. If they had all this evidence, why did why wasn't I charged with treason? Why wasn't I charged with cyber crimes? Why why wasn't I charged in any of the matters that they just outlined? Why did they have to fabricate these extraordinarily flimsy lying to Congress charges? Because even Andrew Weissman, who most likely wrote Robert Mueller's op-ed piece, even he couldn't conjure up something better than this. There was no Russian collusion to to find, it's, it, other than the collusion between the Russians and Hillary Clinton in the fabrication of the Steele dossier. There's your real Russian collusion. By the way, and isn't yet, that the great irony of all ironies in this? She paid for Russian misinformation. Then it became the bulk of information. It was it's never verifiable. It's now debunked. They swore that it was verified. They took away the civil rights and liberties of one individual, Carter Page, uh, his constitutional rights. They did it to spy on a presidential candidate transition team and deep into the presidency of Donald Trump. And just for the record, Roger, uh, there were referrals for people like Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe, uh, the same process crime you were charged with. And I didn't see any pre-dawn raids at their house with with CNN cameras uh, alerted to the fact. Well, not only that, but uh, the inspector general in several different reports recommended the prosecution, referral for prosecution for Comey and McCabe. The specific crimes that, that were indicated were more serious than the crimes that I was accused That's of true. and carried a heavier prison term. Yet the attorney general elected to prosecute none of them. The irony really is that J.P. Coney the prosecutor now handling my case uh, before uh, before Judge Jackson is the same prosecutor who recommended that Andrew McCabe not be charged. All right, let's go to bring us behind the scenes, because I think there's a reason, for example, Paul Manafort's case, it was dead, done, gone, buried, and they decided not to adjudicate it. Now we do know that there was a DNC operative that went to the Ukrainian embassy. We now from, know from Politico in early January 2017 uh, that, in fact, that there was collusion with Ukraine in terms of hurting Donald Trump and, and his associates. So they resurrect, just like they did in the General Flynn case, uh, they resurrect these charges against Paul Manafort. Then they put him in isolation. And then they, they, then they try to basically sit you guys down, walk us through... If you tell us this, well, we'll get, give, give you this. Tell us exactly what they offered you and what, in exchange for what. Uh, I'm really glad you asked that, Sean, because uh, Howard Feynman, who used to be a big deal when he was at Newsweek, but now is reduced to pushing left-wing conspiracy theories on MSNBC, completely misrepresented a phone conversation that he and I had yesterday, uh, where he called the uh, profess his uh, concern about me, but then twisted my words. Let me be very clear. On July 24th, 2019, Jeannie Rhee approached one of my attorneys after a hearing and asked to see him privately. They met at the prosecutor's office and they said the following. Uh, Here's a list of phone calls between candidate Trump and your client in 2016. Uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, it's time for your client to come clean. It's time for your client to confess. It's time for your client to re-remember. Uh, and if he will just admit that these calls between he and candidate Trump were about coordinating the timing of the release of the WikiLeaks disclosures that were coming from the Russians, uh, well, we might be willing to recommend leniency, maybe even that he served no jail time. Uh, and I gave him a two-word answer. You can guess what it was. 
I, there was no way in the well, world. Well, no, and Roger, the first to... one begins with an F, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah, well, in any event, I mean, so this, this, this meme that's out here today was that Stone had dirt on Trump that he didn't that he didn't reveal in return for a commutation is completely and totally false. It's a lie. I've never said anything of the kind. I've been saying this for over a year. As soon as I was uh, ungagged, I went back to it. I refuse to bear false witness against the president. I refuse to have, uh, you know, composed testimony by Jeannie Reeb to to turn on the president of the United States. I just wasn't going to do that. But you knew if you lied... You'd be buying yourself a get-out-of-jail-free card. I just wasn't going to do that. First of all, I, but that's not the point. But they're, they're holding out something of great worth and value, which I got. I have a problem with that whole process, David Schoen. Um, I want you to address that. And also, all right, so now his sentence has been commuted. Where do we go from here? Right. Okay. So on the first point, you're right. And this is a major part of our criminal justice system. Uh, giving The government gives an incentive to people to lie, and they know they're lying. And by the way, that's the hallmark of Andrew Weissman, case after case, and I can prove it all. Um, I want to back up one step. That's like though. Sammy you know, the, the Bull other- Gravano. How many murders did he commit? And well, he got, uh, a, he got yeah. in the witness protection program because, what, he flipped on John Gotti, right? Right. That's right. And these people were controlled at that time by John Gleason and by uh, Andrew Weissman, that whole crew and stuff. They made a living out of doing it and then lying in front of the jury about whether those people were actually paid money or not and so on. That went on for years, still goes on. But I want to make this other point. You know, you asked earlier about uh, Roger Stone interfering and all that. Be clear about this. The day after the sentencing in his case, when the judge said, oh, we heard from Mr. Nunes, who's a Republican, about, you know, interference with their own Congress's collusion investigation. Congressman Nunes' office put out a statement the day after the sentence saying the judge is dead wrong. There's nothing Roger Stone said or did or failed to do or say that in any way affected our report in any way. So that goes to materiality also. But, you know, you asked about Mueller. Where was Mueller? And he wanted to come out and break his silence. Where was he when all of the Mueller team misconduct was exposed in the Flynn case? Why didn't he defend their integrity then? Because he couldn't. Last point I want to make to you, by the way, on the, on the commutation, you say, where do we go from here? The president did the right thing at the right time as a matter of principle. And it's not only because of the injustice in this case. He saved a life here. Roger Stone was headed off to prison on Tuesday with the judge knowing, an expert opinion, that he faced a life-threatening risk if he had to show up now. Government had a uniform policy applied to every other defendant in the country. They would agree to a surrender extension. They lied before the Court of Appeals. They changed the position. And the Court of Appeals even, unfortunately, this panel of three judges entered an order in this case that goes against all of the other authority on the question in the country, and if applied to any other defendant, will cost people lives. They found that unless someone satisfies the criteria for bail pending appeal, then they can't get a surrender extension. That's not the law any place, and people will have to go uh, off to prison now who are out on surrender extensions all around the country. There have been special rules for Roger Stone, and every special rule has worked against him and against the rule of law. Stay right there. Final moments, although they'll both be on Hannity tonight, his first TV interview. Roger Stone, David uh, Schoen with us, his attorney, his counsel. Right, uh, final two minutes, but they will join us uh, tonight on Hannity. I still have, I could do this for a full three hours, um, and frankly, it warrants a lot of time. Roger Stone, David Schoen is his counsel, civil liberties attorney. Um, so what happens now? You got the commutation. Um, the media is going nuts. Democrats are going nuts. I guess they don't believe in a fair uh, and impartial jury, but 
And and I guess this is justice in their minds. But where do we go from here, Roger? Well, I'm going to pursue my appeal because I did not get a fair trial. I had a biased judge who essentially uh, uh, prohibited every powerful uh, and reasonable line of defense. I had a stacked jury that didn't include a single Republican or a single independent or a single military veteran or a single blue-collar worker or a single person with a uh, a less-than-a-college education. The truth is, Sean, my jury could have been the Obama-Clinton administration alumni reunion. Uh, and then beyond that, you had uh, several. Can you get a new judge? Is, is it is it a guarantee that this judge remains on this case? David, that's a question for you. Well, I mean, you know, there was a motion made. The uh, lawyers earlier made a motion to recuse her, to disqualify her from the case. But, of course, that motion is heard by her and she denied it. Um, uh, you know, listen, it's not an easy circuit with uh, this kinds of things. There's a big political split in this circuit. And uh, I, I don't know, but I think the chances are he would go back to the same judge, which is a very dangerous situation. Do you have to um, appeal it, or could you just live with the commutation? He, he could live with the commutation, but the injustice is so grave, he wants to do that. I wish in some sense, you know... But does he risk, if, he, if, you, if you take this back to court on appeal, do you risk then his yeah, life in yeah, prison getting, at some point? Right, getting what, you, getting what you wished for. There is that risk right now. His feeling is the injustice was so grave that he has to pursue it. That's Listen, I admire Roger. You're, you're not young. This is not inexpensive. I only want the best for you at this point. You've given up a big part of your life, you know, having to deal with this crap. Why would you open the door again? Well, it's a matter of principle, Sean. I've got to think about it. My wife would like to just, you know, quit while we're ahead, so to speak. Uh, but I want people to be exposed to what really happened here. I'm t- I got to let it go here, but I have a lot more questions for both of you tonight. Uh, especially on this issue of what goes on uh, moving forward. Roger Stone, uh, justice was finally served, at least on Friday, uh, partially. David Schoen, thank you both. 800-941-SEAN will continue. And it was another violent weekend in Chicago. Officers are investigating multiple shootings, some of them involving teenagers. Let's get you caught up on the very latest investigation. Three people shot. One of them died after a shooting at a gas station. Police say all three men were in a car right near Damon and 70th late last night. Then someone in a silver SUV came up and started shooting at them. The driver, a 20-year-old man, was hit multiple times and did not survive. The other two, a 17- and 14-year-old, also hit. They are recovering right now. As of right now, the shooter is still out there. Now over to West Garfield Park for another shooting. This one right near Monroe and Keeler. Police say two people were standing on the sidewalk out there when they were shot. A 29-year-old shot in the leg. A 15-year-old shot multiple times. Now the last time we checked, they're both in good condition. So far, no arrests have been made. Now to those numbers. Here's the very latest from police. 64 people were shot. 11 of them died. Five of the people who were shot were under the age of 18. And again, all of that happening between 5 p.m. Friday and 5 a.m. this morning. Recent surge of gun violence continued Friday in the city with six separate shootings involving seven victims. That list includes a deadly shooting in Brooklyn. Police say it happened around 7.45 last night on New Jersey Avenue in East New York. Officers who were called to the scene found an 18-year-old man shot in the chest. The victim was taken to Brookdale Hospital where he was pronounced dead. Sources say it appears the victim was leaving the building when a gunman approached and opened fire. So far, no arrests have been made. NYPD released shocking surveillance video of a shooting in Brownsville, Brooklyn, that killed a man and injured a woman. You can see the suspect walk up to a man last night on New Lots Avenue, pull out a gun, 
and start firing as people scatter. The gunman then turned and walked away. Children caught in the crossfire of rising gun violence across New York City. A one-year-old has died after being hit by bullets at a Brooklyn playground last night. And a 12-year-old was shot in a separate incident. A violent and chaotic night in Brooklyn when bullets began to fly just outside Raymond Bush Playground on Madison Street in Bed-Stuy. Police say around 11.30 last night, three adults were shot and a one-year-old boy in his stomach. You have reached the 911 police emergency line. Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. Leave your name and number, and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is currently five days. We obviously took money out of the NYPD budget, put it into youth programs, put it into social services, put it into recreation centers for young people. Um, that's really the, the right direction. I'm glad we did that. But the fact that we're going to have to fight crime in many ways is also clear. We need the good work of the men and women of the NYPD in the streets of our city. We need communities to come forward, particularly through uh, civic leadership, clergy, cure violence movement, do all the things that they can do. And they can do things that police can't do. All right, that was the dumbest mayor in the history of mankind. Although Durkin out there in Seattle giving uh, Comrade de Blasio the uh, run for his money. Well, I guess Chicago's mayor was right up there, too. I mean, all these these cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. And the numbers, the statistics, the lack of safety, security, law and order, you know, it just just continues. But you don't you don't know who are the names of the people. Sixty four people shot in Chicago. Okay, uh, this weekend, 13 murdered in Chicago this weekend. Uh, Do you know their names? No, it's every weekend. Do they do anything to fix it? No. Their answer, defund the police. Uh, That and now embraced by Joe Biden himself. They've become the enemy of the people. They become police rather. And uh, oh, yeah, no, we can reallocate those monies. And sure, we're not going to spend all this money on the police. Anyway, Joel Pollack back with us, editor-at-large, in-house counsel, Breitbart News. Uh, He's got a brand-new book out. It's called Red November. It's uh, just being launched now, and Joel has been and remains in the forefront of the news cycle. And, you know, with with this new campaign that we have unfolding before us, couldn't be more timely. Uh, Joel, always great to have you. Great writer. You went to Harvard, didn't you? You went somewhere crazy. Yes, I went there for undergraduate and for law school. Okay, so, you know, we've always known you're smart. Um, Joel has done some phenomenal work over the years uh, on a lot of issues, not only politics, but uh, international issues. We've talked a lot about our common and shared belief about uh, Israel. All right, so as you look over big picture, the party of law and order is not Joe Biden. The police are the enemy of the people and will allocate funds elsewhere and now it's plagiarizing, basically word for word, the radical, extreme socialist agenda of Bernie. And now bringing on as a top advisor and environmental issues is the new Green Deal uh, great advocate, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, OK, this to me, it doesn't get any bigger in terms of what's at, what's at stake now in 113 days. That's right. In a sense, the country itself is at stake because the Democrats want to change the rules of the game if they win. They're going to end the filibuster in the Senate. They're going to make D.C. a state. They're going to pack the Supreme Court. And they're going to pass amnesty to create an entirely new electorate. All of this is what they're talking about doing. And any change that happens in November is going to be permanent. And I think Americans are suddenly 
aware of this, and this is a long time coming. They were quite upfront with it when the debates were happening and when they were on the campaign trail, but nobody took it quite as seriously until it exploded on the streets of the nation over the last few weeks. Well, and now, but now it's defined. Um, usually, you'll see candidates, historically, you've seen candidates that they'll start in one position and they'll try to get the base of the party to rally around them and then they try to make a move to the center. Probably the, the first person that transcends all of that was Donald Trump. He ran on an agenda. He fulfilled the promises in that agenda. Um, he's been excoriated as a result of all of that. But uh, you can't say he didn't tell us what he was going to do and then do it and then not have the great results, especially prior to the coronavirus pandemic. That's right. And what's happened also is the party itself has shifted very far to the left. And they're not dealing with the issues that are important to the voters. They've responded to Trump's election by denying his legitimacy, but they've also elevated all of these left-wingers into positions of extreme power. So even though Joe Biden has spent half a century basically in the mainstream of the Democratic Party, he's now taking extreme liberal left-wing and socialist positions that are almost inseparable from those of Bernie Sanders. And He's not in control of his own campaign. If he wins in November, he's not really going to be running his administration either. It's going to be Obama alumni running Bernie Sanders policies. Well, and to me, it's now become the biggest choice election in our lifetime. I mean, you know, when you look at the positions, I mean, it is a laundry's list of socialist failures, starting with the new Green Deal, starting with a, a banning fracking and and basically eliminating the lifeblood of the world's economy, you know, subordinating some sovereign authority to international bodies. You know, why they're so obsessed with the U.N. and the WHO, especially post-corona, is unbelievable to me. You know, we know they want to pack the court. They want additional justices. We know that they want activist justices. Uh, we know that they, you know, are not exactly the biggest fans of the Second Amendment without cops uh i would imagine that's a bigger issue than anyone thought going into this they want to abolish the electoral college uh downsize the military it's going to go from peace through strength right back to you know dropping 150 billion in cash and other currency on the mullah's uh you know uh tarmac yeah and what's interesting is these are not issues that americans care about when you talk to american voters they don't care about the Green New Deal. Climate change is way down on the list, although there are a number of parents who are increasingly concerned about what's being taught in schools. But people care about bread and butter issues. They care about the economy. They care about national security. And they do care about the coronavirus. Democrats aren't providing solutions to any of that. What you get instead is this kind of gestural politics where they're trying to appease all the different interest groups in their coalition but meanwhile, there are hardcore activists involved in these campaigns who have a socialist vision that they've been pursuing for decades. And now they feel they have a chance to actually put it into action with this crisis. You know, like Rahm Emanuel said, you know, let a crisis go to waste. They're seeing the coronavirus as an opportunity. Joe Biden now calls it for fundamentally transforming the country. He's not any different than Bernie Sanders. He's talking about quote, revolutionary institutional changes. And this has given them the opportunity, they believe. All right, Joel Pollack, we have it on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, Red November, very smart, also entertaining and funny at the same time. Uh, a must read. Uh, and again, we have it up on Hannity.com as we speak. All right, uh, Joel, great to talk to you as always. Thank you for being with us. All right, as we continue to our phones, we go. 
Uh, Kenny is in Arizona. Kenny, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. We're glad you called. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. What's going on? So, so I called. Um, you, you know, we're talking about this defund the police. I wanted to give you a different perspective. I, I'm from Arizona. I did 17 years in the Arizona Department of Corrections and, um, and learned one thing, that even though I was a criminal and everything else and was away, there's real evil uh, behind bars. And, and, and good cops put those those people behind bars and and they're people that that i don't even want to be um uh, live amongst out here in in a free society and and you know i keep hearing you know get rid of these cops and send counselors to to go deal with uh criminals and and it, look these people like the the george floyds and the richard brooks that are on parole or are facing more prison time let me tell you that they are desperate not to go back to the hellhole that they came from. And, and whatever means necessary, they will fight to not go. And no counselor, is good, uh, you know, no counselor without a gun on his belt is going to stop uh, a, an ex-convict from, from getting away or going. And, you know, if they're already committing a crime, then they really don't care what a counselor with no gun on his belt is going to say, you know? Uh, they're not going to care. And by the way, then you add to this the no bail madness that they're now adopting as well. No cops, defund the police, sending social workers. And um, uh, listen, all this is, is a, a, an absolute prescription for disaster. And I mean, it's shoot. not going to end well for a lot of innocent people. The saddest part of this is where we're seeing, for example, in, in July so far, it's been 100% of those that are victims of shooting are minorities. In June, it was 97%. And it is, we're, we're not serving our fellow Americans and communities that, that need the help desperately so that they can live in safety and security so they can begin a pursuit of happiness. You can't, you can't even have one if you're not safe in your own home. Let me tell you, I mean, you know, the, the, all those uh, inmates being released, um, uh, before their their sentence is up and 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 before they uh, you know spent their time behind bars, you know b- basically with with no uh, with 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 no discipline whatsoever for the crimes they committed, uh, you know it sets these guys out in two different ways, thinking they can get away with whatever they want. The other way is that that you know they get out without any preparation. So you know I was I was in there 17 years. I had 17 years to prepare, starting with day one, and I got out. And you know now I own me a little ranch out out here in Arizona, and I, I own a business, and I'm, I, I've, I've become quite successful um, just by hard work and going to work every single day. So what, what sent you family. away for 17 years? So I was a drug addict. You know I was a drug addict, and um, like um, a, 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 what, what a drug were you addicted to? Or drugs were you addicted to? I didn't say no to anything. I did. I, I mean, I was doing meth. I was. I was drinking. I didn't. Uh, you know, I didn't say no to anything. And and with the drug uh, lifestyle, you know, it's it's unacceptable in society to be a drug addict and be high all the time. So you just go into that little underworld of crime and things like that. And that's where a lot of these guys are stuck in between. You know, they're toeing the line. And then when 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 you know, without police officers in their neighborhood, you know, I drove through Phoenix yesterday. I saw twelve cruisers in a in probably a two mile radius. And that, and you know, you might think, oh, this guy did 17 years in prison. He's he doesn't really care for cops much. You know, I I work out with cops. I do. Um, we do hand to hand combat training. Um, so how did how did so, you tr- how did you change in 17 years? Because I would think if I spent 17 years of my life buying bars, I'd be pretty bitter and angry. But 
maybe it's what you needed. Is that the answer? Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I probably I I tell people all the time. I probably could have uh, could have used a couple more years, but I did <laughs> I did prepare myself in a way that you know I want to live the American dream. I, I and that's what I'm doing. I got me a piece of land. I got me a wife, a little boy. You know all these things. I've been home now for almost five years and uh, bought a home after two years and it, and just going to work every single day and 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 paying my bills on time and doing all the things that we do in America. You know, you talk about it all the time. Work hard, you talk about hard work and what got you to where you're at and how now you're living um, living the dream because of your hard work and and that's the thing that we're getting away from. We're we're discounting hard work. You know, we're all the, all these things that are coming for free or these these uh you know I call them demi libs or or wanting for free is ruining um you know what America was built on, which is hard work and and you know it's not easy to be you know people talk about how hard it is to be a minority in in America um you know I was a felon in America, you can't rent an apartment, you can't do anything until you get out here and prove yourself you know when you got no credit uh you got a criminal background and you got a not, not a dollar to your name, you know five years ago I didn't have a dollar to my name. You know, and now I, I, I run a successful company. Um, I, I uh, you know, I do very well for myself considering I'm, you know, considered middle class probably in America. Um, in a five-year period, I was able to do that. And that, a lot of that has to do with who's running the country right now. And um, well, listen, and, I got to uh, run, but I want to say, you know, God bless you in your life. Uh, we wish you the best. Um, I do believe in redemption, and it sounds like you figured it out. I wish everybody that did go through what you've gone through was able to do it as well. Anyway, I, thanks for being with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. Wide open phones. Final half hour today on a Monday. Only 113 days to go. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. Just 22 short days. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Live free or America dies. Not hyperbole. Um, let's Let me get to here... Biden now going hardcore left, embracing the radical left policies, taxes, economy, energy, Green New Deal, defunding the police, police of the enemy. By the way, how many of you did really well with that one point nine trillion dollar tax cut that increased really in good shape? Right. But guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. If you're in, if you benefit from that, we're going to have a breathtaking opportunity to create good paying union jobs. Deliver the promise of America to Americans who've been denied it for much too long to rewrite our economy so the prosperity flows not just to CEOs. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Either any fossil fuel. We're going to have an opportunity, I believe, in the next round here to use the my uh, green economy, my my green deal or uh, to be able to generate both economic growth and consistent with the kind of infusion of monies we need into the system to keep it going. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production as president. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. I would hold ICE agents accountable if, in fact, they stepped over my executive orders, which is no arrest of anyone outside of the school. So how do you no. change the culture? You change the, the culture by saying you're going to get fired. You're fired. I think that 
anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. How exactly would you detain immigrants, if at all, in a Biden administration? The way we did when we reformed the system with the DACA, I would not retain them behind bars. Is that for children, adults and children? Across the board, totally across the board. But I will send to the desk immediately a bill that requires to access to citizenship for 11 million undocumented folks, number one. Number two, in the first 100 days of my administration, no one, no one will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America. So, so to be clear, only felons get deported and everyone else Period. has to stay? Yes. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes. Yeah, that's Joe Biden. That is that is their America. So now he's in the defund the police mode. I mean, just let's you got to hear this because Democrats have run these cities into the ground for decades. And and there's no consequences because they keep getting reelected every two and four years. It's insane. Listen to uh, first we'll play CBS Chicago. Then we'll play, you know, what's happening in New York. Then we'll play the dopey mayor of New York. And it was another violent weekend in Chicago. Officers are investigating multiple shootings, some of them involving teenagers. Let's get you caught up on the very latest investigation. Three people shot. One of them died after a shooting at a gas station. Police say all three men were in a car right near Damon and 70th late last night. Then someone in a silver SUV came up and started shooting at them. The driver, a 20-year-old man, was hit multiple times and did not survive. The other two, a 17- and 14-year-old, also hit. They are recovering right now. As of right now, the shooter is still out there. Now over to West Garfield Park for another shooting. This one right near Monroe and Keeler. Police say two people were standing on the sidewalk out there when they were shot. A 29-year-old shot in the leg. A 15-year-old shot multiple times. Now the last time we checked, they're both in good condition. So far, no arrests have been made. Now to those numbers. Here's the very latest from police. 64 people were shot. 11 of them died. Five of the people who were shot were under the age of 18. And again, all of that happening between 5 p.m. Friday and 5 a.m. this morning. Recent surge of gun violence continued Friday in the city with six separate shootings involving seven victims. That list includes a deadly shooting in Brooklyn. Police say it happened around 745 last night on New Jersey Avenue in East New York. Officers who were called to the scene found an 18-year-old man shot in the chest. The victim was taken to Brookdale Hospital where he was pronounced dead. Sources say it appears the victim was leaving the building when a gunman approached and opened fire. So far, no arrests have been made. NYPD released shocking surveillance video of a shooting in Brownsville, Brooklyn, that killed a man and injured a woman. You can see the suspect walk up to a man last night on New Lots Avenue, pull out a gun, and start firing as people scatter. The gunman then turned and walked away. Children caught in the crossfire of rising gun violence across New York City. A one-year-old has died after being hit by bullets at a Brooklyn playground last night. And a 12-year-old was shot in a separate incident. A violent and chaotic night in Brooklyn when bullets began to fly just outside Raymond Bush Playground on Madison Street in Bed-Stuy. Police say around 11.30 last night, three adults were shot and a one-year-old boy in his stomach. We obviously 
took money out of the NYPD budget, put it into youth programs, put it into social services, put it into recreation centers for young people. Um, that's really the, the right direction. I'm glad we did that. But the fact that we're going to have to fight crime in many ways is also clear. We need the good work of the men and women of the NYPD in the streets of our city. We need communities to come forward, particularly through uh, civic leadership, clergy, cure violence movement, do all the things that they can do, and they can do things that police can't do. Unbelievable. All right, let's get to our phones here as we say hi to Debbie is in Minneapolis. Debbie, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Uh, Deb here in Minneapolis. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, thank you for being the one resource for truth in our lives because it seems to be missing these days, and that's where the problem is. And here in Minneapolis, uh, last year I had my house sold. I have three lots and a piece of property. It's in a real hot spot in northeast Minneapolis and close to everything, Sean. I had some real hot buyers online last year, but I had a sick family member, so it was something that I had to put on the back burner till this year. Unfortunately, COVID came around as well as these extreme left nut jobs came out in force. And so now the buyers that I had on hold for last year, they're still interested, but one in particular that I really wanted to sell to um, is now hesitating because he doesn't know if he wants uh, he and his wife to be in the city of Minneapolis anymore. He was going to buy my house and live in my home and then build uh, a triplex on the spare lots that I had for sale as well. And it's all because our city council in Minneapolis has decided to unanimously um, vote to defund our police, who are great people. I'm really angry because the day before they voted on it, I talked to my city councilman and and I was assured that, no, we're not going to do this. And the very next day, they voted unanimously, which meant my city councilman voted along with these thugs. And that's how I see it, Sean. And so I've really had it. And I want to know if there's someone I can turn to to sue my representatives for... Um, not performing their duties as a servant, a temporary public servant of we the people. I'm so angry about all of this. There's a mass exodus of people leaving the city of Minneapolis, and uh, and uh, it's wrong. There's something wrong, Sean. Listen, you know, think about what this now is doing to you and your family. They're now defunding the police in Minneapolis, and now you can't even sell your home. Most people's biggest investment in life is their home. It is, you know, people count on that money to retire with, assuming that, you know, if you have a home 20, 30 years, you raise your kids, you finish your career, then you're going to go to warm weather, get out of Minneapolis, whatever, go down to Florida, Texas, wherever you happen to want to go. And now you can't sell, or if you sell, you're going to have a major loss. That totally impacts the trajectory of your life because of their stupidity. And, and this is now what Joe Biden has embraced. This is now what is in play in 113 days. Um, you know, I feel very sorry for you, Debbie, to be honest. I, I hope that maybe some common sense will come to the rescue here, but I don't really see it happening because they're doubling down on, on dumb and dumber and, and stupid even. But you, if you don't have safety and security in your cities, you will see a mass exodus. New York, it's going to happen. It's not if it's go. It's happening now. It's, it's happening in Chicago. It's happening in every big city all across the country. There's a reason why the number one states 
that people are are leaving are big blue states that have been run into the ground, taxed into oblivion by Democrats for decades. It's now caught up to them. And the net result is whoever remains, I guess I guess you'll get bargain basement prices because, you know, whatever you thought you might have been able to use in your retirement. How long did you have your house? Oh, quite quite a while. It's been in my family for quite quite some time. Um, and, you know, I still have interested parties, but unfortunately, they no longer want to live here. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I want to kind of get out of the state and and I'm not really sure what I'm going to do at this point. I it, it's sad. I mean, you know, how, so the value you don't even think you can sell your home. Unbelievable. Well, listen, listen, someone needs to be sued because the only way to hit these people is in the pocketbook. Someone needs to be sued for specific performance to do their damn jobs because our representatives are not doing their jobs. They are not. They're failing. And just like the safety and security, you know, shootings up 600 percent in Brooklyn, New York, 600 percent. And I'm telling it's just the beginning because now with no bail on top of the madness, you know, and a billion dollar cut to the police and now defunding police all over the country and the chop Chaz summer love zone. This is all predictable how this is going to end, and it's not going to end well. I wish it would end well. I wish they'd wake up. I wish they'd have a little common sense, but they don't. Debbie, hang in there. I'm sorry that uh, that's happening to you. Uh, Madeline is in Florida. Madeline, hi. How are you? We're glad you call. Hi, Sean. I'm sure you saw that the CEO of the iconic Latino food company, Goya, spoke out in... uh, Yes, I did. This was pretty profound. Yep. Yeah, it was the top trending thing on Twitter the whole day. And uh, God bless him, he doubled down the next day. And, you know, it's just, it's yet another attempt by the fundamentalist liberals trying to force their orthodoxy on the rest of society. But it really upset me because I felt like if they can cancel him, they can cancel me because I'm a Hispanic attorney, a professional like him. And he didn't say anything controversial. He didn't say anything wrong or unfair. He just, you know, shared a word of support for the, the sitting president. And they want to make Hispanic feel like they're shameful oddities if they vote Republican or support Trump. Well, newsflash to them, a third of Hispanics voted for Trump. A third. We're not some unicorn minority group. There are a lot of us. Okay, so I want to say I think most Americans want safety and security. I think most Americans uh, they want law and order. I think most Americans want lower taxes. I think most Americans see the Green New Deal for what it is. We'll find out in 113 days. I'm only one vote. Right, right. We, we, are, we vote based on policy, not on people. The Democrats, the extreme ones, are the opposite. Okay, They want to destroy the largest Hispanic-owned company in America. This just proves that they're not about people. They're about politics. We have mm-hmm. to be about the policies that are going to benefit America. We have nothing to be ashamed of supporting Trump. He's for law and order. He wants what's best for all Americans, including those who happen to be of Hispanic descent. Just because my name ends in a Z or a vowel doesn't mean I have to vote a certain way. The Democrats like to treat minorities like they're little pets. You know, you toss us scraps and, and throw us a bone and we'll continue to vote for you. No, no, we're not a homogenous group. We are individuals. We are Americans. We vote for what's best for our families and for the country, okay? And we need to speak out more. There are lots of us. There are millions of us. Our conservative voices are important, and if we get on Twitter, we get on Facebook, and we post, you know, we exist. Just get your voices out there. We can save this beautiful land that saved us. That I agree with. We, and by the way, if we don't do it, 
what do I what do I well, always quote? I quoted it in "Live Free or Die." You know, a republic if you can keep it. We're, you know, we're only Reagan said, but one generation away from extinction, and the world without the United States of America. You know, and I, I, I guess it's not in fashion now to talk about American greatness and American exceptionalism and the fact that America's created a standard of living that and wealth creation that rivals the world. And we've shared it with the rest of mankind. Nobody said we're perfect, but we always work and strive and we have a constitution that has allowed us to become a more perfect union. Uh, anyway, wish you the best. Thank you, Madeline. 800 Sean, you want to be a part of the program? All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Tomorrow, 21 days, three weeks away from Live Free or Die. We'll have details coming out. Hannity.com for all that we have up and available now. Roger Stone, his attorney, David Schoen tonight. Trey Gowdy, uh, Joel Pollack, Leo Terrell, Geraldo, Dan Bongino, Pete Hegseth, much, much more. 9 Eastern, hope you set your DVR. Hannity, Fox News, we'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. It will only be 112 days till you become the ultimate jury.